welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. This is Deb Crow, your host. So excited to be back with you tonight, and we've got a real treat for you tonight. I've got two dynamic women who are co-authors in the Change Book series joining me tonight, and I really can't believe that it's going to be December 1st on Friday. And just wanted to take a minute to mention that even though our Change Book series continues to grow, we're just finishing up on Book 15 we are in 26 countries, which I just shake my head at. And every week I get the honor and privilege of interviewing another amazing professional that could be on any end of the globe. And this weekend in New York City, I am joining Mike Greenlee, who is a co-author from book seven. And flying in from San Diego is Amy Slater. And Mike Cole will be there, who also lives in New York City. And Cassandra Carmine is going to be there joining us from New Jersey. And yours truly is flying in from Canada. So, again, just coming together to collaborate, to join each other. And as I say every week, I truly believe that this community is shifting a paradigm. So, on that note, let me talk to you about my first amazing, amazing guest. I've had this lovely lady in my home for an afternoon. I love her energy. I love her beautiful red curly hair, and her name is Evelyn Waterhouse, and she's from the Niagara region in Ontario, Canada, which is right on the border for New York. And Evelyn's discovery of authentic joy in working with people has led her to develop the amazing company. She's building healthy relationships and programs that are designed to optimize both the personal and professional success of customer service. With her experience as a frontline associate, Evelyn provides transcendent interpersonal experiences for her guests. So, Evelyn, welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. Thank you, Deb. Hi, it's so nice to hear your voice again. It is so nice to hear your voice, and, <laughs> and I always, it's such a treat for me for those that I've met, and I, I love to welcome you to my home, and we had that wonderful. Change book Canadian co-author girls day that will always be a fond memory of mine and I just wanted to start by saying a that I'm happy that we got to know each other and I'm 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 blissfully happy that we are Canadian co-authors in the change book and I always start off the interviews by asking people what led them to Jim Britt and Jim Luke what what has it sparked the flame inside of you to join our global community well, I mean, the obvious is it's Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, who, you know, really anybody that is in the inspirational industry or, the, or in that realm is going to want to be part with that. They want to be connected with them. They're very reputable. Uh, and they're very, Jim Britt is the kindest man you're ever going to meet or have a conversation with. He's so gentle and he's, he's funny and he's calm. 
I mean, have did you not have that experience the first time you met him, Deb? Yeah, he he is a very gentle man, and his wisdom is it's second to none. And and I'm happy to share. He does some amazing Facebook posts that really help you reflect and ponder. And I speak to Jim and Jim pretty much on a weekly basis. And we all talk about social media, Evelyn. So I thought you would be interested in knowing this. Jim Britt did a post, I'm going to say about a couple of months ago on Facebook. I didn't to ask him what topic was. This lent him a speaking contract in Dubai. He's going to be speaking for 90 minutes to 4,000 guests. And then they've asked him to stay and do a full two-day event. So it just goes to show when you really put your heart and soul out there to, you know, what you are as a brand. And he's just an amazing mentor and coach to you, to me, to many. And he was so excited to tell me that. So I wanted to share that on the show tonight. So I I thank you for giving him that shout out because it certainly is deserved. Absolutely. For, uh, for both of them and to be uh, encouraged and to called upon to be part of the change. I was really honored, which actually brings me to, may I share a story that I, that I had with you with my daughter the other day? Absolutely. I'd love you to. So we're having dinner and I, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm having a conversation with her over supper and I said, Oh, I have to do the, the radio show, and she's like, radio show, what radio show? And I said, well, for the change book series, I'm doing the radio show. And she kind of rolls her eyes, as teenagers do. And I said, sweetheart, this is a real honor. You know, like, your mommy is in a really amazing group of people, with people that are, they're fabulous. All the co-authors in these books have done amazing things. And she looked at me, well, why are you in it? You know, your children keep you humble. I just, I, I really keep you grounded and keeps you, uh, they are your kids and you love them. And it just makes me realize even more how grateful I am to be part of the Change Book series and everyone that's in it and that I've been asked to be part of it is really phenomenal, really. And I'm very grateful for it. Well, I, I think anybody that I interview every week, including how I feel myself, would agree with you. And what was your response to her at dinner after she said that? <laughs> I said, you can do the dishes. <laughs> you go do the dishes, huh? <laughs> you can go do the dishes. Thanks a lot. No, she says, they're your kids and your mom. And, and to them, what you do is so natural. They don't look at upon it as something that, even though they know that it is, right? They see you every day. They know what you do is is um, just part of life for them. As they go out into the world, they're also seeing that, you know, there's other people that are not like you, right? They're not quite as amazing. And they begin to realize, you know what? I'm really lucky. They may not say it. But they feel it. You know it. You know it. No, I think you. I I think you're right on that. And I think we are certainly always. I call myself a, a forever on record button because everything we do is being watched, and how we model behavior. 
And it kind of leads me into my first question for you is, um, I love the layout of your chapter. I love the title of your chapter. We are in book 12 together. And your chapter is called Learning to Love from the Inside. So where did this title, how did it develop for you? What was the emotion? What was the senses? What was going on in your life? Did the title come first or the chapter and the words? I would have to say it was probably uh, unconsciously altogether. Learning to love from the inside. There's your especially as a parent and having, I have four children, two boys, two girls, and they're very different. They're, they're, I love them all, obviously, but they're very different human beings. They're people. And I approach them and, and uh, parent, I don't want to use necessarily use the word parent, but I raise them as individuals as they are. They are individuals. And I love them from, who they are on the inside. And for me, everything in life is transferable. So when I go out into the world outside of my home, each person that I encounter, they're individuals. And as you get to know people and understand, and that is the key, is taking the time to understand someone else is really accepting them for who they are and not what we think they should be. Okay? We all have a sense of humor that could be embraced. They, everyone has a different way of being and there's nothing wrong with it. Someone may have a different sense of humor. Somebody, I mean, we're not talking externally here. We're not talking about if you're tall or, or shorter or dark hair or blonde hair or red hair. We're not talking about that. We're talking about internally who you are on the inside, and that makes you special and unique. A lot of the times, people just don't bother to take the time to get to know somebody else. And what makes them so happy? What makes you joyful? What brings a sparkle to your eyes? You know, what makes you skip a step? And I find that to be what's really important about relationships. And it's unfortunate that we want to group people into a label or to a, a status where, okay, you're going to be grouped into this area. You're like this, or you're like this. Uh, everyone's different and they need to be treated differently and, and respected for their uniqueness. How was that, Deb? It was a little long-winded on that one. <laughs> no, that's okay. And and I'm just sitting here, I'm just embracing your words because I agree. And, and I love your answer when you said unconsciously all together because I think synergistically as coaches and authors and speakers, I think sometimes we do take the time for ourselves and we're just in the moment. So it was nice to hear that that's how your chapter came together. And it's interesting what you said, because I think people lack sometimes the attention and the ability to listen and listen just to completely said, just to really feel that person's emotion, if they're storytelling or if they're emotional when they're speaking, that we can just kind of, you know, have that nonverbal cue and, and lean in and just really listen because 
we're so capable as human beings of really communicating with our eyes and our facial expressions. And I posted a graphic today, so it's funny that we're talking about this. And it was a picture of an elderly woman, and she was smiling, but she put her hand over her mouth, and her eyes just beautifully spoke. And the caption was, if only our eyes saw souls instead of bodies, how very different our ideals of beauty would be. So it just really encompasses everything that you just said about that. And, and you're right. It's, um, we've become a technology-dependent society, which I have gratitude for. But there's many weekends I love to just unplug. And nothing will ever replace that face-to-face communication and sharing a meal and having a coffee with someone. So just a really good point. So in your chapter, I see that you have some quotes from a Lebanese writer, and and I hope I do pronounce his name properly, Khalil Gibran. And I wanted to know what draws you to his work, and you've done some beautiful quotes that he has written, and I just wanted to know how did you become following his his quotes and his philosophy, and, and what is it about him that allowed you to be drawn to him? Well, I actually was introduced to him by my son, my older son is uh, a thousand times smarter than I'll ever be. And I say that in a very humble way. And, and I know that every parent will say that about their children, but he is very well-rounded in his academics. So he introduced me to that because he said, mommy, you need to read him. You are, you are him. Unconsciously not knowing. I just, it's just the way that you are, right? You uh, and so I read him, and I'm like, oh, this, this, this is beautiful. I get to use this in my chapter. It fits perfect, you know. So I have to give credit to my son for introducing him. And I think this is one thing that I find very interesting. Everything is connected in this world. We are all connected. I'm connected to you. I'm connected to, I mean, all of us are connected. And everything is transferable. And this is one aspect just to share with you. I'm, I'm a continuous improvement process. I constantly want to learn. And there's two types of learning that I have, you know, begin to understand is that you can learn by being dictated to, as in you're going to learn to, you know, to be submissive. You're going to learn, you know, I want to break your spirit. And you will be my follower. And there's also the other aspect of learning and obtaining knowledge. And that's the one that I prefer. When someone says, you're going to learn, yep, I'm in university, I'm learning, I'm obtaining knowledge. And I, and I will always be learning something. So in university, I find it very intriguing how language is Uh, crosses over to all different subjects, right? I'm in statistics, I'm taking an English literature class, and I'm in psychology. And in every single course, language is all transferable. And it's like that in everything, at home, if you have values in your home, in your workplace, they create core values, right? Any company or organization uh, that gets established, they establish core values for a reason. 
because that's how the company wants to operate. Every decision is based on their core values that has been determined. Anyone who takes the time to establish their own personal core values, that's how you live your life. That's why everything is all interconnected. And we're finding we're going through a period or a time now that without living, I look at things in phases of three. So living in integrity, which is honoring your core values and living them. You need to, you need to know something to live it. So you live in integrity. And then you go after what you need. And then you go after what you want. So that's the same way it could be transferred over into a workplace, right? Know your core values. Everyone be on the same page. Know what they are. You can't live something you don't know. So that's living in integrity. Be honest about it. And then go after what you need. Needs are second. And your last is your wants. What do you want? It, we're living now where everything can be exposed, as you know, in the media, things are just exploding about people not living in integrity. It's, it's just rampant, and it's going to snowball. It's not going to go away. Uh, people are going to get tired. They're not going to tolerate uh, behaviors at home or at work that are not in line with integrity. And so stakeholders have a really, really, you know, strong position that they may want to really look at who's operating their company because it's the stakeholders that are going to be the ones that pay the price in the bottom line. And that's what happens in your home, right? The leaders in your home, you really want to watch your integrity because it's really going to be the family that's going to suffer, um, did I get off topic there for a second? <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. Um, it, it's funny that you brought this up because this has come up several times on the Changebook radio show. There's many people who are academic who, I mean, I consider myself to be academic. I don't have a lot of initials after my name, but you're talking about transferable skills and language and in the marketplace, employers are looking for soft skills now. And, and soft skills, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's just a synonym for people skills. These are people that can indicate and function at a high level of emotional intelligence. So unlike hard skills, which would be like a technical skill set, people can perform specific tasks with soft skills. So things like communication skills, making decisions, leadership, self-motivation, creativity, all these types of things. And that's what you're talking about. So regardless of where you are, you're using the foundation of your core values, which is your emotional intelligence. And regardless if you're at home, in the workplace, at a networking event, this is what companies are looking for. So it's very interesting to hear your philosophy and, and how you believe you know, that is in the world today, because it's interesting to see the shift in employers, because 
you can be book smart and academic smart, but if you don't have the soft skills or the functionality or that real world experience to go with it, it kind of needs to go hand in hand, don't you think? Absolutely. And um, it, it, everyone's needed. This is what I find intriguing that you can have, when you have a well-rounded group or a team, um, regardless, like I said before, in your home or in the workplace, in the workplace now, it, you are going to see that you want entrepreneurial mindsets on your team. They're the go-getters. They're the ones that are going to be, come on, we can do this. But you, you want that mindset. So bringing in people that have been entrepreneurs, ran their own business, and just decided they want change, which is fine, bring those people into your team and see things get done. That's beautiful. They inspire the team. You also want to have academia. You do need people that have a set skills um, for technology, for a very specific, I mean, I want a lawyer that's passed the law bar, right? <laughs> Right, So you do need academia. You also need soft skills to manage those teams to make sure that everyone's playing nice in the sandbox and to bring it all together is really important. And having the leadership in your organization that recognize the diversity that you want to bring in, it's all important. It's all needed. How do you manage it? How do you guide it? How do you, how do you make it all work together is a true leader that recognizes I am not the smartest person in the room, but this person beside me has the skills to let me know what I need to do. And this person beside me has, you know, the skills and the knowledge to inform me, you know, what do I need to know? For the, for the operation to run effectively and efficiently and to be sustainable. Uh, that's what I find is the crust of anything, and that's where the stakeholders come in, the investors, the people that are holding the, um, you know, the bill, if you will, on their company. Do you have a diverse team operating, and are they operating with integrity uh, and uh, transparency and honesty right can you be can you talk about the elephant in the room can we have a really true discussion without allowing emotions to get into the way right we want this company to be effective to be efficient uh, and to run without uh, casualties if you will <laughs> Right. Absolutely. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, what do you have on your plate for the end of 2017? And what, uh, what are some of your goals and what have you set out for yourself for 2018? Well, at the moment, I am learning. I am in university. So that is going to take um, priority for the end of this year to have that done. It's been, I, I have never been in university. I haven't, I'm not an, uh, a person of academia, but I want to balance that out. It is a personal desire that I have. It's a personal need that I want to fill. So I'm focused on that. I'm learning so much and I'm challenging. I'm going to share. Can I, can I make myself vulnerable with you, Deb? 
I'm going to share something with you that I haven't really shared. I guess a little bit, but not a lot. See, I, I'm uh, dyslexic. I, I've never challenged my writing skills ever before. It's only been the last four years that I've really decided that I'm going to overcome this challenge. Five years ago, really, the challenge of me putting a sentence together was extreme, so time-consuming and energy-draining. And I decided I'm not going to let this prevent me from doing what I really want, which is to go to university. So I really focused a lot on getting, and every day I have to write every day or else I forget it. I lose it. I have to start from scratch because I don't see words. I see images of words. So I have to practice all the time to keep those memories and those symbols and what they look like alive all the time. So um, that's something that can take away your perkiness. (laughs) Again, Um, but other than that, on my website, which is the I'm Amazing, uh, I'mAmazing.ca, I've developed a teachable program on what does a healthy relationship look like? Because I do feel that there's a lot of people out there that don't, they don't even really know what a healthy one is. And that's how they get stuck in unhealthy ones. And it's not even necessarily that it's your personal. It could be business related also. So I'm working on that. And I'm also uh, putting out there that I would really love to work with companies in organizations on how to come together as an organization to have healthy relationships internally. Well, I want to share with you that you have some very notable company within the realm of your learning disability. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm going to name some names that are also dyslexic that you probably know. Uh, oh. Steven Spielberg, Tom Cruise, Richard Branson, Tim Carey, Anderson Cooper, Cher, and Hopkins. So there is no doubt in my mind that you have got what we call in the mental rehab world compensatory strategies to help you do what you need to do to be amazing because I know that you'll do it. And I think, well, I know for a fact, because my background is, is in neuroscience and we all learn by images. That is how our brain processes things. So I think that your will to learn and your self-motivation and just your openness to be who you are is already a winning skill set. And we already know you're a good writer because you have a chapter in the change book series. So that, that wasn't a barrier for you. So I don't know if you know that, but I have a very good friend who's dyslexic and I, I remind her of this list on a regular basis. And I just, I think it's wonderful that you've gone back to school and, you know, to me, I always want to be a lifelong learner and I know that you do too. And it sounds like you've got some exciting things going. Your website is lovely. And I wanted to mention, ask you who did your photography, because I think whoever was behind that 
camera did a beautiful, beautiful job of capturing both in the studio and outside. Well, you know, thank you, Deb, so much for mentioning that because I I would really love to give credit for uh, the gentleman who does my photography is Mr. Archie Hood. And he is the best, especially in this area where I'm in. He is probably one of the top photographers. He's retired. He does, uh, he teaches at the university, a local university and the college on um, photography and lighting. I have been so lucky to have him. Archie Hood has, I really want to say thank you for the photos that he's taken, especially the outdoor ones. Um, they were a lot of fun. They're natural. He's, he knows lighting like the back of his hand and how it's going to look and come out. So, and they're depicted my natural energy. Very, I mean, very nice. I, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have, uh, have him as a friend. Very lucky. Thank you, Archie. <laughs> and what other what other goals or dreams or aspirations do you have for yourself when you're done school? Like, do you have one of those really scary goals that, you know, like Jim Britt and Jim Luke teach us, you, you have the goal, but you're just not sure how to go about it, but you're just going to start doing it? Well, I, I would love for everyone to feel what I feel. And I, I believe in love. You know, I know it sounds so cliche and so, you know, hippie. I, I always refer to myself as a new age hippie. I'm such a hippie. Peace out, baby. You know, because we, we just live in a world that you have an opportunity for everyone to come together and to work and live in harmony. It's, it's a choice to choose conflict. And I do feel that it, it is a choice to choose conflict or you choose harmony. Now, I'm not talking about utopia, <laughs> because really we know that that's not real. But we also want to understand that we can limit the amount of negative energy, See, especially for work. You know, when you go into work, we spend so much time at our workplace. Now, I I love work. Work is good for you. As I even mentioned in the chapter, working with love and loving your work, it's two different things. You know, you can approach it in two different ways. No matter where you are in the organization, going into work is about going to work and keeping your focus about work. That's why you're there. You know, I know that there is a, a trend, I don't know if I can call it a trend or a mindset, that we want work fun. Yes, we do, but it still works. And to go there, and who cares about who's where and what? Who cares about so-and-so looked at me this way? Who cares who used your stapler? You know, like there's a lot of uh, lost energy on silliness. And again, the company pays pays a, a big price on lost production when we don't we stop focusing on work, and then we're focusing on uh, who's in the proper group, who's in who knows who, 
you know, are you friends with so-and-so? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We want to be friendly with everybody. And everyone is needed. And we want to work together as a team because we all are all needed to make the operation work and to let go of any sort of jealousies or let go of any hidden agendas, let go of any psychological games that are often played in a work environment. I would so, that is, honestly, that is my, my big dream, if you will, is that I can be brought in to guide uh, executives and frontline staff or your regular staff to work together as one team because that's why you're there and to make the company sustainable and that everyone gets along because truly it's possible. It doesn't have to be where we're against one another or there's a division, you know, us and them mentality. Everyone's paid you know, everyone's paid from the same source. It is. And, that's and I, yeah, I agree with you, the mediator. Well, I want to thank you for joining me on the show. And I hope that you'll stay tuned in as I uh, move on and interview Carolyn Anderson from book four. So you keep being amazing. And I, I look forward to the next time we meet face to face. Thank you, Deb. Listen, you have a great care. night. You have a great Christmas, okay? You too. And I just want to make sure we've got Carolyn live on the line with us. Carolyn, are you there? Yes, I am. Welcome to the Changebook Radio Show. I just want to give our listeners a little overview about your background, and then we'll jump right into your interview. I really, really love the Living Co-Creation website. I have spent a bit of time on it over the last week. And Carolyn's passion is living and sharing the principles of co-creation and exploring the frontiers of what she calls evolutionary spirituality. Carolyn has coordinated activities for numerous global events. She's assisted with the creation of social cooperation training, and she has facilitated a number of international conferences. So, Carolyn, I just want to give you a warm welcome to the Changebook Radio Show. Thanks so much, Deb. And you are in book number four, and I followed you in book number five. So we were well in the beginning. We are almost done book 15. I don't know if you were, if you've been in touch with some of the co-authors or listened in on the show, but we're Jim and Jim are just about ready to finish off book 15. So it's just phenomenal how this book series has grown, and we are now in 26 countries. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's an indication of how interested people are in genuine transformation. I I fully agree with you. So my first question for you, Carolyn, is when you spoke with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, what did you base your final decision on to write your beautiful chapter and join the, the, the Change Book series in book number four? 
Well, because I'm personally committed to personal and planetary transformation, it felt like a very good vehicle for getting my message out there and connecting with uh, other people who have that same commitment. Now, I've spent a little bit of time on your website, and I know there's other people involved in the Living Co-Creation, and I just wanted to tell you what a beautiful website it is. And I was really drawn to the co-creators agreement. And I was wondering if you would just share with the listeners how that document came to be. And is that kind of the fundamental principles of how you run that business and, and how this website came together? Uh, well, the co-creators agreements, the original version, were created in the mid-1980s by a group in uh, Boulder, Colorado called the Geneva Group. And they then, you know, I'm a co-founder of a nonprofit called Global Family. And when we co-founded Global Family in 1986, we brought those agreements into Global Family, and they've been shared with thousands of teams all over the world for the last 30 years. So when we created Living Co-Creation in December of 2014, and the partners are my husband and Catherine and Makasha Roski, all of us had been working with those agreements for decades. And so they are a foundational piece in our work, but the process itself has many other elements. So this is, this is just one of the elements that we recommend that if, you know, we're all about going beyond cooperation to uh, bringing love into action in the world by connecting essence to essence with others and with nature. So uh, we find these agreements are very foundational in uh, creating trust and sharing values with one another. So if you're part of a group, it doesn't matter if you use these agreements, but it is important that you have aligned agreements so that everybody's on the same page as you're working together. Well, I couldn't agree more. And there's a paragraph in your chapter that I would love to read for the listeners because I, I just think it needs to be heard more than ever. So book number four, I'm thinking you came into the change. It would have been in 2015, correct? Yeah, that's right. So it's, you've, been, you've been in the change book series for about two years. And it's just interesting to see where the world is at right now. And when I read this paragraph, I thought, I'm going to read this during the show. So I love the title of your chapter. So Carolyn is in book number four, and her chapter is titled The Change That Changes Everything. How perfect, right? And I would just like to read from page 147 this one paragraph. It is not difficult to see that humanity is at a crossroads. We must evolve or face the prospect of perishing as a species. The crises we face are serving as evolutionary drivers, challenging us to be more and to wake up to our true identity. As Einstein suggested, we cannot solve our problems using the same kind of thinking that created them. As the only species on earth that can destroy all life as we know it, humanity has arrived at a turning point. We must shift from a consciousness of separation and fear to a consciousness of unity and love. 
We must move from relationships based on domination to relationships based on equality, mutual respect, empathy, and nonviolence. We must shift to a higher level of thinking, and we must move quickly. Humanity needs to take a quantum leap in consciousness. I read that, and I was like, wow. And and Carolyn wrote this two years ago, and how fitting is it for today? So when you decided to write that chapter, what was your mindset, and what was what were you seeing through your eyes from your viewpoint to write uh, such a wonderful chapter, but more importantly, just the words of that particular paragraph really grabbed me emotionally. Oh, thank you, Deb. Well, I've, I've been doing this work for 30 years and not always with living co-creation, but as I said, through the nonprofit global family. And so it's, it's, I'm a student of uh, conscious evolution, and that worldview is that we can change by choice and not by chance. And, you know, if we just uh, stay awake over these last few decades, we realize that the world is in, um, we're in a very tumultuous time, a transitional time. And one of the principles of conscious evolution is that before we have breakthroughs, we always go through a breakdown. And I think probably we would agree that the world is in massive breakdown right now. If we look at, you know, you and I live in the United States, but we can go beyond the United States to see that so many institutions and systems that we were born into are now very dysfunctional. And um, the good news is that uh, this is all happening because uh, what humanity needs now is more love, more creative expression, more empowerment, and it's going to come, I believe, when we move into partnership with one another, when we connect at the heart and bring our genius forward, that we're going to shift to a higher level of consciousness and uh, into new systems and structures that will hold these new values and this new consciousness that that we are. Carolyn, I I would just love to be sitting in a classroom and listening to you all day. <laughs> you're, you're one of you're one of those like you're just one of those writers where I read I knew when I talked to you I was I was just going to be immersed in your words because when I read your your chapter and then I looked at the website I thought how how keen I felt for you that you found your passion and you've been doing this for 30 years. Like I, I felt that through your writing. I felt that through reading your biography. And it's just interesting to me that I agree with you that from two years ago, you wrote that chapter and it's still fitting today. So it just, it leads me back to, I love reading books on, philosophers and and different people that wrote many, many, many years ago. And I read it and I think it's such common sense writing because I just, I don't want to put any bells or whistles on the writing. It's just that logical, common sense thinking. Yet so many people have a difficult time interpreting it and processing it and implementing it into their life. And what do you think is the reason for that? Do you think it's just that fear, that external value, perception. Why do you think that as human beings, uh, people get in this repetitive 
pattern of behavior. Hmm. Lethargy, we might say lethargy. Well, we, you know, we all have our habits. We all have our patterns. And hopefully, uh, you know, Deb, I suspect that you and I both have done a lot of personal work you know, uh, I've done a lot of uh, looking at my childhood and resolving issues that, you know, didn't work for me. And um, I think that's imperative. I think that uh, during these transformational times, uh, it's important that all of us be aware of our uh, reactivity, where our ego emerges in certain situations so that um you know, we can be responsible for that and not be projecting our shadow elements and our shortcomings on other people. So I think maybe lethargy is the answer, that it's easier to... um, um, (laughs) I have a friend who talks about people grazing in the garden, and I think uh, during these perilous times, it's important to not be grazing in the garden, (laughs) you know, to, I think it's really important for us and fulfilling for us to discover what is our calling in life, what is our deeper passion, and then to find our perfect partners so that we can make our contribution to the world. That's the most fulfilling thing, is to find your purpose and to follow it. You know, that's, that's not only fulfilling, it's regenerative. It's, you know, the body loves that too. Oh, that's one of my favorite words. Well, and and I feel personally that I don't grow when things have been easy. I think I've grown every time I face a challenge. And I, I love that cliche, and there's many quotes out there that say, you don't really grow or have a breakthrough till you have the breakdown. And it's uh-huh. interesting what you said about personal development. And we all have our stuff. We all have our things from childhood and we're born as these innocent human beings and it's our life exposures and and what we've been shown through our eyes before we're even speaking and, and being communicative little people. And I think it's like you said, it's all in how we decide to frame it as we mature and choose our path and it doesn't have to succumb who you are as a person. And I think I was just talking to Evelyn before you in the first interview I think if you keep open and, you know, stay, stay on the yellow brick road, if you will, and, and be open to be better and always be a lifelong learner, to me, that's evolution. And that's, and that's good change. And I think as people, to be a good person, you always have to be growing and evolving and not worrying. You know, my dad used to say to me, don't worry what everyone else is doing. It's none of your business. And, you know, don't look at other people and be jealous and just be happy because it may not be your time or it's all in how you decide to really view things and frame things. And I just, like Evelyn said in her interview, we're all built different, um, but we're all so similar in so many ways as well when it comes to human behavior. I just, I find it fascinating. Yeah, I was reading an article recently about, um, uh, Renaissance people, people who are really make a huge contribution, and this writer was talking about Leonardo da Vinci and saying that that you know he was such a remarkable human, and that the keynote of his personality was curiosity, that he mm-hmm. he was so curious about so many different topics that uh, you know it just <laughs> he. 
you know, he just became this remarkable human being because he, you know, he he tracked that curiosity, at, uh, you know, in so many fields. So I think it's important for all of us to uh, to stay curious. And, and I know for me that's just, I think it's natural for a human being to be curious. You can, you see it in little children, and I do my best to cultivate that in myself. Well, and... I, I had an Irish Nana who spent a long time with me and uh, when I was a kid. And she used to say, don't be afraid to ask because you may get a no, but that's okay. Just don't, uh-huh. be, afraid to, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. And I just, I, it, it's just those little things that stick with you. You know, when I, when I was a young girl, I always knew I was going to be a good mother. I just always innately knew that, and I was blessed with with two daughters, and I think I'm a great mom. I'll have to I'll have to get them to attest to that, but I I think I'm pretty right. So I wanted to let you know that I'm in Canada. Oh, beautiful! I I live in London, Ontario, Canada, and where are you located, Carolyn? I'm in Northern California. I'm between. I, I'm in a, a small area called Penn Valley, uh, which is between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe. Oh, and lovely. by the way, I've been to Ontario many times. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you'll have to you'll have to come visit. Well, thank one you. Of thing, one of the things I love about um, doing this show is is getting to know all of the co-authors and. Jim Britt and Jim Lutz always tease me and tell me that I'm never going to have to rent a hotel room because I know so many people. <laughs> uh-huh, it's true. <laughs> so we always have a good laugh about that. So tell me, we're almost at the end of 2017. What are some of your goals to end out the year? And what do you have, uh, what are some of your aspirations for 2018? Mm-hmm. Well, I just got back from a wonderful 19-day business trip to Germany, and uh, so my uh, I'm I'm devoted to staying open to possibilities. I'm very much a quantum thinker, and when you talk about being a great mother and you knew you were going to be a great mother, that's quantum thinking. You you intended it, and it manifested. So uh, my partners and I know that we're going back to Germany either once or twice next year. We did a, a wonderful training in Hamburg for 300 people, and we recorded a 21-day telecourse. So there's a lot of opportunities opening up for us. I um, My book, The Co-Creator's Handbook 2.0, is being translated into German right now and will be available probably in January, and while we were over there, a woman from France asked if she could translate my book into French. So, uh, yeah, what I'm looking forward to is lots of opportunities to share co-creative practices with people probably more in Europe than in North America. Well, that sounds exciting. I I have a um, relative who's German, and I'll share with you my favorite German word, it's just so fun to say it's called Kugelschreiber and it means a pen. So every time I run into any of my colleagues from Germany, I'll say, do you happen to have a Kugelschreiber? And they just look at me and start laughing and they're like, why do you love that word? And I said, it just rolls off my tongue and it's just so fun to say. 
So that, there's the your finest people next time you're in so Germany. warm and so loving. Wonderful. Schreiber. There you go. Well, since we're talking about the power of intention, I will share with you uh, this weekend, one of the co-authors from the Change Book series, his name is Mike Greenlee, and he is in book seven. He is having a writer's workshop. He is a professional writer, and I have known him for two years uh, online. We're, we're cyber brother and sister, if you will, uh, along with about four other co-authors who I've known anywhere from six months to two years, and we are all meeting face-to-face in New York City to attend his workshop. So I'm very, very excited. So I put out the intention, uh, if I have Friday to myself when I fly into New York, so you'll appreciate this story, Carolyn. I put out the intent that I, maybe I'll go and see the Dr. Oz show. I really like Dr. Oz because my background is medical rehabilitation and I specialized in neuroscience. So Mm -hmm. I got a ticket for the show. I applied and a week later I got a ticket for the show. And then yesterday, I got a call on my cell phone from the producer, and she said, would you like to participate in two segments of the show? So there you go. That's intention. Yeah, fantastic. Good for you. We'll have a wonderful time. So I'm going to hang out with Dr. Oz and uh, a whole bunch of co-authors from The Change this weekend. So I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have uh, manifested, if you will, a better weekend uh, than that. So I, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Carolyn, and I'd, I'd love to chat with you further and, and connect with you at a later time. And I just feel honored to be in this global community amongst you. And I want to congratulate you on all of the wonderful work that you've done. And I'm sure there's more to come and moving into Europe and would love to chat with you and connect you with some of the other co-authors that is that are in Europe and Asia and Dubai, et cetera. So let's make a, a point of connecting together after the fact and uh, just really want to thank you for your time and enjoyed interviewing you on the Change Book Radio Show. Thanks so much, Deb. I really appreciate it and all the best to you in in you know, fulfilling your mission and uh, all the great work you're doing. Well, I'm sure our paths will cross some more and I've printed out my co-creator agreement. So let your partners know that uh, I was really, really humbled after I read these two pages to to see that I, I feel that I have some of the, the characteristics and beliefs that they've got on these two pages. And I'm, I printed it off to, to keep in my day book when I'm, when I'm traveling, just to, just keeps me, uh, keeps me honest and keeps me aligned. And that's important to me. So, so thank you for that. Oh, that's cool. Thanks so much, Deb. And have, have a beautiful holiday. You too. Thanks, Carolyn. Well, what an amazing night it has been really enjoyed hearing Evelyn Waterhouse's voice again, my fellow co-author in Niagara Falls, Ontario. And Carolyn Anderson from book four is just doing amazing work across the globe. And to hear that she's moved into Europe and her book is now being translated into German and French. It just, it warms my heart to see my co-authors continuing to aspire to their goals and their dreams. And I know that this community is shifting a paradigm across the globe, and I'm just honored to be part of it. 
and privileged to be interviewing this diverse pool of talented individuals. So big surprise coming up for you in December. We are launching the Changebook Radio Show Sponsorship Program. So I'm going to leave that little seed with you for now because I want to share in the goodness of this. I'm launching it with one of the co-authors. And I will just leave that little tidbit for you to ruminate on until next week. So I hope everyone has a great week. I'm off to New York City to hang out with some cool co-authors from the Change Book, uh, book series and hang out with Dr. Oz and eat some amazing New York food and just enjoy the scenery, the people, and I know there'll be great conversations. So until next time, thanks for tuning in to the Changebook Radio Show. This is Deb Crow, your Work Life Fit expert from Canada, and I'll see you next week.